After a disappointing loss, the Panthers responded with one of the largest blowouts in program history. Now the Pitt program turns to conference play, where the chips are still on the table. Is this a new room with a new view? We discuss that and more on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. Finishing it in these final 30 minutes. Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia. We're knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina, and it's happened in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. One health game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world. Hell to pit. Hell to pit. This is the week of October 2nd, 2021. And this is the Hail to Pit podcast. I'm Alan. And I'm Vince. Pitt may have put up 77 last week, but we have an opponent this week that we not only must respect, we must acknowledge them and the problems the rambling wreck of Georgia Tech will give the Panthers. It is a new room with a new view. It's ACC play, Vince. This is not New Hampshire. I told you how much I was looking forward to New Hampshire, and you found out why. But now the real deal starts. ACC play, baby. Yep, it is a, you know, what's what happened to non-conference play, that is behind us. This is a new, uh, new season, Alan. And, you know, if you talk to most colleges around the country, the goal was to win the conference, and that starts this week. We've got to get after it against those boys from Atlanta. Now, I'm going to do a real quick check on you cuz you're you go you get high, you get low with every loss. You, me, I'm 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 the one who's I do what you're supposed to. I'm never too high or too low. After the New Hampshire win, how much does 77 to 7 swing the disappointment of a loss like the one they had the week before? For me, it does nothing. For most fans, I think it should do nothing. It's laughable almost that they even played that team to a lot of people. How about you? Well, I, How are you feeling coming out of a record-setting performance? You put the offense on a pedestal on last week's show, and boy, oh boy, did they deliver. Yeah, they're, I, you know, this is a this is an offense that could score at will. You know, they're 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 going to be tested this week. We're going to be talking about it, but uh, you know, they 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 can put up points. Uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, I was talking to this week were saying. You know, like, oh, my God, you know, that was, wasn't even a game. And it's like, well, you know, would you rather them have played a close game? Would you rather them have lost? At least they they went out in there. They dominated somebody. We should be happy about it. Uh, but still, and, and, you know, Coach Narduzzi did point this out. And, you know, he said, you know, that team is ranked in the top 25 of FCS. And a lot of Power 5 programs have lost to FCS teams this year, Alan. So, you know, yeah, a blowout looked like that team was overmatched, but it certainly beats the alternative. It does. I mean, I would appreciate flex scheduling in college and just get Western Michigan in back-to-back weeks. Like, that would have been nice to just get that one back, but that's not realistic. So Pitt plays who's in front of them. They crush New Hampshire, and they move on to the ACC, and we're going to get into it all. Recap last week's game. Look ahead to Georgia Tech. Get you set. Get you ready. Hopefully feeling good and confident as a Pitt Panther fan, which is tough to do, but that's our job. At H2P Show on Twitter is where you could follow us. Let you, let you know that we're there for you 24-7, 365 on social media because it's so easy. I could lay in bed and tweet at you from at H2P Show. Vince can too. We Pam, we're all over the Twitter right there. And of course, Hail the number two pit podcast at gmail.com. It's so great to interact with each other all the time, 24-7, email, social media, and of course, those forums. Panther Lair, Reddit, we're everywhere. We're lurking. We're conversating with you. We appreciate any feedback you give us as well on those platforms. And of course, if you leave a review for the show on Apple or Spotify, wherever you listen to the show, you know, tell your friends about it. Much appreciated. And we are brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. You could go to prettyeasypodcast.com right now to get your own show started. It could be about anything. They help produce all kinds of shows. I was on their website and saw that they produce our show, and it makes it so easy to do the show, Vince. 
a football show. And then they have shows like with actual smart people talking about science and stuff. They're all over the place. So no matter what kind of show someone does, prettyeasypodcast.com, the place to do yep. it. Yep. They, they make broadca- podcasting uh, pretty easy. That's what they tell me. Okay. New Hampshire. I was hyping it up all season long, preseason to you. And man, I don't know if a game Pitts ever played in our history delivered more than that. Maybe maybe 13-9, the biggest and best <laughs> win since then. It was that good. 77 to 7. Yeah, I mean and really Alan, you know, they they you know, they took their foot off the gas quite a bit in the second half. Uh if they wanted to, they they could have hung a hundred on that team <laughs> if they really wanted. Um, but uh, you know, Kenny Pickett, you know, he even played a little bit uh, the first series uh, of the second half, and uh, a lot of people just flabbergasted by that. Why is he still in the game? Uh, I don't have an answer for that one. Uh, you know, make sure he's he's still in rhythm. I guess I don't know, um, but. You know, it's difficult to take away a whole lot. I mean, it basically shows, you know, that, you know, it, this offense is just, you know, has a ton of firepower and this defense, you know, you know, they responded as best they could, even though it was an inferior opponent, they responded from from a bad performance. Yeah. And, you know, they did. They they went out there, they seven points on the board for the opponent. The offense obviously went out there, tore it up. So many things we could pick apart. Actually, the thing that sticks out most to me, because it was all kind of a blur of just domination, Jared Wayne Yak was totally missing from this game. Vince. Well, we did not see a lot. Well, of- he did. He didn't play. He he was injured, uh, so he didn't play in this game. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it didn't didn't oh, matter. And, yeah, and still, still second on the team in receptions, and didn't even play in the biggest blowout of the season. Yeah. That's impressive. So far. yeah, I mean and. You know that there's a lot of there's a lot of good receivers on this team. You know, even at the tight end position, Alan, that you've been calling out for for several years. I mean, uh, you know, Lucas Kroll, uh, Gavin Bartholomew. You know, those two guys together are are a lethal combination. Um, uh, at the tight end position, just roaming the middle of the field, tough matchups for people. Uh, that you know, we've talked about how that's been missing from the Whipple offense. And it's not like that they're, you know, each of these guys are catching 10 balls a game, but I definitely feel like their presence has been felt. I have a question. I have a bunch of questions, but first one I'll get to here. Does eight touchdowns now for Jordan Addison? And how many did he have in this game? Uh, Three, I think, was it four or just three? I think it was three. Yeah. Yeah, it was three. Yeah, it wasn't quite an Al Bundy game, but <laughs> do, do those count as like half a touchdown when you're considering him for Heisman voting? I mean, because his numbers are very impressive right now, but our preseason prediction, I don't know how good it looks after the New Hampshire game. What do you think? Well, I'll, I'll say this, you know, at the end of the season, I don't think anybody cares, you know, who they were up against those touchdowns. It just matters that you got them. Unless they were, against, unless it was against like Notre Dame or something, then people might care. Yeah, they they would. I bet, but I I'm wondering what chances Jordan Addison has with his non-conference stats. But you know what? The ACC he could still dominate and win that trophy and make us look like geniuses. From this game though, what do I take away? I mean, rushing wise is what I was looking at. Did the offensive line go out there and beat up New Hampshire, an inferior opponent, the way they should have? What do you think? Because I was. Pleasantly uh, surprised that we saw some running backs in there getting, you know, they're they're dipping their toes into it, getting, you know, getting a little action, looking good. Hammond won ACC Rookie of the Week, I believe. And, you know, they moved the ball on the ground a little bit. But overall, there's nothing I could take away from this game that makes me confident this offensive line is going to be improved for ACC play. How about you? Well, I'll, I'll say this, uh, you know, they, they, there was a little bit of change in personnel, uh, you know, Owen Drexel, uh, uh, didn't play, uh, was, uh, you know, wasn't dressed for the game. Jake Cradle moves over from guard to center. Gabe Hoy moved over from tackle to guard and Matt Goncalves comes in at right tackle. And I think, you know, with those five guys out there, I think those are their, their five best guys. And I think that they're, that had something to do with running the ball 
uh, a little bit better. Um, well, you know, we've been calling for Goncalves to be uh, uh, out there more and the, how he was such a big part of, of the rushing attack at the end of last season. Um, now, whether they're going to go with this lineup again, if Owen Drexel is healthy and ready to go, I don't know. I'm going to be very interested to see that. Um, but, you know, it was it was different personnel, admittedly. So, uh, you know, maybe that's some some optimism there that, that the offensive line's getting a little bit better and helping out that running game. They were still running out of the shotgun a little bit too much for for my liking. And the, and the RPOs weren't getting them defensively. That's another thing that stood out to me. This week, big difference in the attack you're going to see from the offense. Oh, yeah. I mean, New Hampshire's offense, it was really tough to even watch. Like, even as a Pitt fan, it just didn't even feel right to me. <laughs> Watching them try to... It was like a, a, a thing to actually see, oh my God, will this quarterback actually make it to his fifth yard on this five five yard drop back pass? Like, will he get to number five? Because one, two, three, sack. Like they was getting they were getting to him so quick. Was this like a, a Bishop Sycamore situation? It didn't look like man's versus boys like that out there as bad, but it looked on defense, when Pitt was on defense, it just looked unfair. And, you know, the, the thing that about a win like that is it I'm sure the morale's great for the team and that's what matters. But in terms of the public eye and then, you you know, social media and whatnot, not just the Pitternet, but national people outside watching pit football, they just are saying not how impressive that that win is. They're saying, why is Pitt not playing Penn State this week? Why is Pitt not playing? Uh, an alliance member. Well, why are they playing New Hampshire? This can't be going on for much longer, and it won't, uh, thankfully, because this is going to be, I think, one of the last times you ever see Pitt play a team like that. I, I don't, I don't know about that. Uh, in fact, um, I think they're going I mean, to over the next play, couple th- years. They'll be playing teams like that, but once the alliance kicks in, don't you think these kind of games will? Go by the wayside. No, I think these. I think these games are always, unless there's some nationwide thing that says, you know, you are only going to play FBS teams. I just, I, I don't see them going away. You know, people, you know, you, sometimes you want to pad your stats, Alan. And that's what these are about: padding your stats. When you tell me that, I feel like you're predicting Aaron Gray is going to be the AD then soon, <laughs> and then. And then Pitt's going to be just playing FBS teams till the end of time. Um, but, you know, it's so hard. You've, I don't know. I wasn't super elated about 77 points. I still was thinking about the Western Michigan loss, and many Pitt fans were. But Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. But we move on to Georgia Tech, and that's the exciting thing is after that game, preseason uh, futures, um, predictions betting lines all of that is going on for the coastal and Pitt's like still right there with it with a like an outside chance not a bad underdog to pick to get in there through the coastal which is hilarious considering two weeks ago but it's realistic with the state of the the division yeah if you, if you know not that i put a lot of stock into these like you know you look at those uh eight espn fpi whatever computers uh and they they think Pitt's gonna is gonna be favored and and has or should win every single game except for the Clemson game coming up and you know and if they finish seven and one in conference they're gonna win the division and they'll be playing for the conference championship game and I'll and I'll say this you know I mean you know is it you know like is it possible that they could run the table the rest of the way you know i mean it's it's very unlikely that that would happen but you know if you look at the state of the conference and you look at pitt who does have a tremendous offense and pitt does have a defense that is capable of making some big plays it's certainly possible you know they're certainly going to be in every single one of these games uh, that they have it's going to come down to getting better and executing and isn't that just bizarre too i don't like the fact that Pitt is an awesome offensive juggernaut now putting up 77 when our coach is a defensive minded coach 
And then we look at our old coach, coaching at Wisconsin, and his offense sucks, and he's an offensive guy. Nothing makes sense in college football this year. Clemson's offense is god-awful, too. Nothing makes sense. Well, I mean, look at Nick Saban. I mean, he was a, a defensive wizard, and now he's got, you know, consistently putting out the highest uh, powered offenses in the whole country. Uh, yeah, I guess in this week, I think we're going to find out a lot about this team uh, because, because you know, we're going up against an opponent that that's probably exceeded some expectations in some aspects this year uh, that's getting better, that's got a tough defense, and has, uh, you know, some, some dangerous weapons on offense. Uh, so I think we're going to find out just how good each of these units are this week. The Ramblin' Wreck is uh, a defense that's d- not given up many points. I think the most they've given up this year was, what, 22 last uh, week and a win. Yep. Yep. So yep. they they are a, a staunch defense, and that's what all the reading into this week's game is, is that Pitt, you know, for everything they've done so far going into this week, probably going to look – a lot of the predictions are going to look a lot different from all the Pitt games we've seen this year. Because they're going to be playing a team that might be able to stymie their offense, some people are predicting. I don't know if that's true. And that the pit defense is going to have to really step up in this one and make sure that Georgia Tech isn't feeling themselves the way they were against UNC. Uh, But matchup-wise, Vince, it does play, I think, into the hands of uh, Georgia Tech actually playing in a in a barn burner with Pitt. I, I'm liking the over, I'm thinking, just seeing how these two teams match up <laughs> initially. It, it, it's interesting. Um, yeah, on, on paper, you would think that this is an offense that Georgia Tech runs that, that's going to fall right in the Pitt's hands. Uh, you know, a, a quarterback that isn't necessarily terribly accurate um, and, you know, Pitt's defense, if if they could stop the run and force him to make some tough throws, uh, that you know that's going to give Georgia Tech a lot of trouble. But at the same time, you know we saw what some dynamic running quarterbacks could do, Allen, uh, in that Tennessee game. Uh, Hendon Hooker w- was, you know, he had some big runs there, and and uh, Sims, the quarterback for for Georgia Tech. You know, he may not be a, a big, strong guy, but he is fast and he is difficult to 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 bring down. So our tackling is going to have to be much improved. It's going to be tested this week. I promise you that. And they have the RPO action, which killed Pitt against Western Michigan. Yeah. How much of that do you expect to see against Georgia Tech? I, I would expect to see a lot if they're smart. <laughs> if I were Georgia Tech, I'd be watching that, uh, you know, that Western Michigan tape and maybe that Syracuse tape from five years ago. Uh, oh, and, and that's what I would be. And that's what I would be uh, um, running those kind of plays. Now, whether Georgia Tech has the uh, personnel to pull that stuff off, I, that remains to be seen. Alan, uh, you, you know, the, uh, one thing I will say, you know, particularly in that Western Michigan game, the, the defensive line just did not bring it like they did in that uh, in the first couple games of the season. Um, I, we need to have a big performance uh, that uh, that defensive line. We got to be able to get the Sims and put them on the ground, force them to make a lot of mistakes. Uh, do you expect to see a, a bounce back game from this defensive line? I, I mean, the defensive line, it's all riding on them all all year long. So um, in, in the first ACC game, I expect it. Preseason, I picked this game as a loss, just knowing how much yeah, Georgia Tech's did. offense. <laughs> yeah, just knowing how much Georgia Tech's offense has developed uh, now. Uh, and I think this is, what, the third year of their, of their regime yep. or so. Yep, so their offense is getting to where – you know, the, the program wants it to be. The uh, familiarity with Pitt is there. It's a home game for them. It just like kind of plays into their hands. But again, we know that uh, Pitt always is going to come at you with a great defensive line. And seeing how uh, the Yellow Jackets last week really turned it up. Are we going to see the, the two quarterback system from them? We're going to see that Yates in there as well, or is it Sims uh, yeah, all I the way? I, 
I'm not quite sure. You know, I mean, Sims has been banged up, uh, so we, we should acknowledge that. Um, and, you know, he didn't really play that game against Clemson. Um, and, and he got in there some uh, in their win over North Carolina. Jordan Yates, the backup, came in, and yeah, I guess, you know, he, he did pretty good. Uh, not not quite the athlete of of Sims, but, you know, still, still a very capable player. Uh, and Narduzzi kind of acknowledged that, you know, that, that we got to prepare for both guys. Uh, so uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not quite sure what we're going to see. Uh, you know, uh, Coach Jeff Collins, who if you're if you're named Jeff and, and you spell it with a G, that's already G off. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, mm-hmm. and he and, you know, there's no love lost between uh, between these two coaches. So I imagine Georgia Tech, I, I would expect some trick plays, maybe plays with both these quarterbacks on the field at the oh. same time. He's going to do whatever he can to stick it to Narduzzi. I'm telling you, this wasn't good, uh, you know, shaking hands and hugging each other. I mean, obviously with COVID, but also last year, Georgia Tech did not enjoy the loss Pitt handed them last last oh. year. That was that was a, a whole thing. This is a big game for them. It's a big game for oh, Pitt, yeah. but this is also a personal game, especially on the Georgia Tech side. Um, so, I yeah, I like that prediction of, you know, trickeration from the Georgia Tech side. Interested to see what Pitt pulls out offensively, though. Are we overconfident in the pit offense going into this one? How do they stack up? Because well, I've been reading a lot that they might actually struggle this week. But I mean, from what I've seen, I've really, like you said earlier, I think Pitt can almost score at will. Not that they have guys that'll just run by you or that they have this great run game. It's just that the, if Pickett has the time, he's going to get it done. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. This is an interesting matchup. You know, Georgia Tech they're running a three three five stack type defense. Uh, so you know they're going to be smallish up front uh, and kind of inviting uh, the Pitt Panthers uh, to run at them, which they were very successful at last year. Uh, mm-hmm. Vincent Davis getting lit over two hundred yards rushing last year, Alan. Um, so it, I think you know Pitt hasn't had to run the ball to score, uh, you know, any game so far this year. This may be one of them just because I think that's what Georgia Tech, you know, they're going to be playing back. They're going to be inviting that run. Uh, and I think we can run with – I'm very interested to see the personnel on on offense. Uh, I think if we go with the line that we had last week, I think that's going to go a long way. Uh, one thing that does worry me, Alan, I'd like to get – your, your thoughts schematically on this, you know, since we run out of the shotgun so much, uh, Georgia Tech running that three three five scheme, you know, a lot of run blitzes, a lot of bringing guys into the backfield from different angles. Is that going to cause a problem with this running game, even getting, you know, guys getting the handoff? That's uh, one thing that I'm, I'm kind of nervous about. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this game's coming down to because of uh, plays like that splash plays. That's where, you know, you get a guy getting hit from behind, not knowing where the angle's coming from. Like Pickett's got to be smart with the football in this game, obviously, always. But particularly against a team like this, because I feel like it's going to be close. And with the offensive line, Pitt's been rolling out. um, They are susceptible, I think, to some splash plays from the Georgia Tech defense, which has been pretty ferocious. So I, I'm I'm not expecting a Vincent Davis type game from any of the running backs this week, even with the coming out party, quote unquote, of Rodney Hammond. I just am not willing to bet on the pit run game at all, even going into this one, a team they ran all over last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least right now, it's hard to uh, it's hard to bet on that. It's hard to you know feel tremendously confident on it. But I do think they can. And, uh, you know. It, it just needs to be. It just needs to be good enough. Don't put them in horrible situations, uh, and, and because this, this passing offense, uh, it's it, it's it's been so good. But I think it could. It's going to face another test this week too, Alan. Because you know they've been throwing a ton of blitzes from all kinds of different areas. Uh, I expect Kenny Pickett to be under the most pressure that he has been under uh, this entire year. And that um, 
game last week against North Carolina, uh, Georgia Tech sacked Sam Howell eight times yeah. in that game. Eight times Fun. in that game. Uh you know, we, we can't afford to get behind on, on the sticks like that. And I have a fun stat for you. We've been, you know, referencing the PFF grades all season long on the podcast. Well, I th- I would advise it well worth the subscription. Just makes watching football so fun with the with the deep dives they go into the grading. And uh, this is this just gives you something to really pay attention to also going into Saturday. Pressure wise in the country, uh Two teams are tied at number 23 overall in terms of defensive pressure on the quarterback. Those two teams are Pitt and Georgia Tech. And they're, wow. they're yeah, they are both ranked the same in this, uh, you know, so far this early portion of the season. But uh, non conference, both teams getting after the quarterback at a good clip uh, compared to the rest of the country. So, yeah, I'm with you. Kenny Pickett's going to be under the most pressure he's seen, and I know he's watching that game tape over and over again of what Sam Howell had to go through, and he's trying to figure out how the hell am I going to avoid that with the likes of Gabe Hoy in front of me, protecting me. We might need to leave Lucas Kroll in to block instead of going out for touchdowns this week, and I wouldn't be mad at that, Vince. That might be necessary. Well, well I, I, it might be, I, but I will say this, you know, in, in terms of pass blocking, in terms of pass blocking, I, th- I think this offensive line has done pretty good. Um, I, I think Kenny's had you know sufficient time in, in in all these games, even against those good athletes at Tennessee. Uh, you know, yeah, he did have a couple sacks, uh, but nothing you know not you know on a consistent basis. So you know, I am confident in pass blocking of this offensive line. It's just the run blocking or, or the scheme has got to get much better. Uh, amen to that. And yeah, and also, if you wanted to reference it too, Vince is right. Pitt, number 10 in the nation in terms of pass blocking so far this young season. Um, but, you know, I think this is going to come down to, like you said, the Pitt defensive line really just proving themselves and doing their thing and, st- you know, just stepping back into the spotlight as as the place to play defensive line in the country and getting after uh, Georgia Tech's quarterbacks, whoever it are, they are, Sims or Yates. And, of course, adjustments, not letting the RPO destroy you for four quarters. Hey, if it's going to pick you apart for, you know, for a while early on in the game, that's fine. But at some point, you have to stop the same damn play over and over again from being that being <laughs> run on you. So I would hope that there's nothing like that. There's no game tape from eight years ago or six years ago, whatever it was, being referenced for this game. And also, I hope Pitt isn't going to the well. I hope Pitt doesn't think they're going to just run the ball a whole lot on Georgia Tech. It might work, but I hope they are more creative offensively than that, than well, relying on well, last year's. Well, that's a, and that's a good point. You know, I mean, you got this powerful, you know, passing offense, you know, force the other team to stop it, you know, and, and if, if they're, if they're leaving the run open, then, then take it. I mean, that's, uh, that's kind of how they, they have this set up in my mind is, you know, they're, they're passing uh, to set up the run and, and, and daring other teams to stop. Beat me if you can survive. If I let you, that is what this weekend is all about. Pitt knows they're going to get, Georgia Tech's best swing. They're coming for Pitt this yeah. weekend. This is a personal yeah. game. Personal issues. And they're on one after beating UNC. Yeah, and that, that's the biggest thing to me, Alan. Um, you know, is past games in this series is that, you know, at least the past few years, Georgia Tech has just had these horrible seasons. And now, yeah, they started off the season with a horrible loss. At Northern uh, against Northern Illinois, um, but you know they, they beat a, a scrub team uh, the second week of the season. Then they lose uh, to Clemson, but they put up a tremendous effort, had a chance to win it at the end, and then they beat North Carolina at the Georgia Dome, uh, a ranked North Carolina team. So you know you're sitting at one and one in the conference, which with on paper was supposed to be your two toughest games of the season. So, 
you know, this is probably the most confidence that they've had, the most optimism that they've had in quite a while. And as you said, you know, that that coastal, it's there for the taking. So, you know, this this is a big game for both both clubs here uh, to, to get off on a good start. If, if Georgia Tech can win this game, they got to feel that, you know, they have a real legit shot. Uh, to, to make it to Charlotte in that ACC championship game. Uh, but if the Panthers could pull this one out, uh, you know, that, that'll, that'll definitely put them down for sure. This is the season where every team in the Coastals not only trying to win the Coastal, but they're all trying to out-Coastal each other. Georgia Tech losing to MAC teams. Pitt losing to MAC teams. Miami losing to all teams, but then – Playing Clemson hard. <laughs> who's gonna Who's gonna come up with it? You know, Virginia Tech d- come. You know, beating the odds at, at the odds at underdogs at home for some reason. Week one, like I wouldn't be surprised if Duke ends up winning the whole damn uh, division. I would be shocked if that happened. It is. <laughs> it is the coastal. Everybody's playing coastal football, and Georgia Tech is no different. They're coming in. Wow. They're a coastal team. They've lost to teams they shouldn't have. They've also played teams tough that they shouldn't have played tough. And they beat teams people thought they shouldn't have beaten. So this is what it's going to be from this week all through the rest of the season, Vince. We need to strap in and be prepared. As much as we analyze it and think we know something going into the game, it's probably going to end up being zany and completely different than we predict. So my wild ass prediction for this is going to come up later, uh, but preseason I did pick this as a loss, and it is really shaping up to be a tough game for Pitt. I'll leave it at that before we predict later on in the show. Yeah, yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. Uh, I think I'm with you there. Uh, this is this is not going to be an easy game, and I, I think the number is reflected. And also, probably the least confident a Pitt fan has been going into a Georgia Tech game in a while. I would I would think right. Uh, yeah, probably. It's a, one of their better teams. We acknowledge that Georgia Tech has a beautiful history of great athletes that have come through there. And also, yeah. we acknowledge their fans who are talking online this week, Vince, if you want to venture off into the pitternet. Yep, let's do it. Can you explain what internet is? I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. And to all those faceless keyboard warriors on Twitter... We're a good dog football team. I'm proud of these guys. GTSwarm.com was where we snagged some of the uh, Pitternet action for the show this week, Vince. First up, we got WestGT123 just said, we smell blood. Yeah, that's what I'm talking and, uh, about. I, I could see that. I could see yeah, that. Th- there's, yeah. They got confidence that they're that they're going to, uh, you know, uh, start making some noise. Uh, in in this division, and uh, that that makes it so very important that we get off to a hot start in this game. Well, beating UNC will do that for your program in a year where UNC was predicted to be, you know, better than UNC normally is. <laughs> Kenneth Shannon twenty, <laughs> Kenneth Shannon twenty on gtswarm.com said, "This is a lot. This is a lot here. Is this whole thing okay? I'm going to read this whole diatribe from Kenneth Shannon." Quote, I said this prior to the UNC game, and I will say it again. After watching the condensed games, and I like, <laughs> uh, I'm pausing there. <laughs> after watching the condensed games and highlights, so after taking the minimal amount of effort it takes to prepare <laughs> to watch your opponents, <laughs> that's what this person's saying. This I'm not truly worried about them. Back to the quote. Their D appears less than average, although their third-level defenders seem legit. Their O-line is far from elite, and I believe our team can bring pressure if they play with the same energy they have thus far. You see two keys to this game. Our quarterback can't throw sloppy deep passes and must protect the ball from interceptions, again, with 60%-plus completions. And our defense must pressure the opposing quarterback at least enough to make him throw quickly rather than deep. If these things happen, we win by two scores or more. Oh, man. If we fail at either, we lose. Wow. So he, he's not worried about this at all. But then all of a sudden, it's like you know, there's a there's a scenario where they lose if they don't do one of these two things. <laughs> From what I've seen by watching the condensed game and the highlights, 
is that we're either going to win by two scores or we're losing. There is no in between. I don't know about that. I actually completely disagree almost with all of that, <laughs> Ken Shannon 20, but I acknowledge your opinion. Ramblin' Neck then says, Pitt blew out two FCS teams, so who cares? They did their job. Pitt defense is B-A-D. If Milton from Tennessee didn't miss a bunch of wide open receivers in the first half of their game, 10 would have run away with it. That's kind of true. Their DBs are very undersized. Malachi and Kirik should tear them up. We should not have to worry about scoring. If they commit to stop the run, Jeff and the wide receivers will have a field day. The only concern is our defense. They played their best game of the CGC era last week. Pitt will air it out on us with their eighth question mark year quarterback. <laughs> I get it because Kenny Pickett's been there a long time. Can we stop it? Only if we get the pressure we saw last week. Also, Pickett has some sneaky wheels, so we'll see what factor that plays. I suspect we also may be playing against the refs again this week. Yeah! <laughs> now that's the kind of fandom I, res- I respect and acknowledge, Rambo. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I like that part thrown in at the end there. Uh, I didn't know they were playing against the refs the last couple weeks. Maybe they were. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I did watch the game, the, the Georgia Tech games the past couple weeks. I had multiple games on, and, and shame on me that I did not go back and watch the condensed game film. Um, I was going to say, did you watch the condensed game or the full the I was full watching game the full game commercials, but, and- but I did not have a ton of uh, focus on it, I should say. Um, yeah, I mean, we're going to yeah, we're going to give I'd imagine some you know, deep shot opportunities available um but i think we're going to dare and take a gamble that jeff sims isn't going to be able to hit those throws i think that's what it's going to come down to that was the game plan against tennessee i don't know people seem to not be able to understand that but that was the game plan and i think that could be the game plan again this week (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, we'll see what happens. That's always the game plan. Pat Narduzzi is going to dare your college quarterback to make very accurate throws on low percentage uh, plays. You know, when you're throwing downfield, you have to have a certain kind of arm talent to, to nail them, or you need to have that special kind of wideout. And does Georgia Tech have that? We're going to find out because they're definitely going to be tested to do it, and I'm sure they're going to attempt to do it. And that's what we see every week as Pitt fans. This is no different uh, for the Pat Narduzzi defense. It's all about execution for them and also, uh, you know, reacting and respecting the opponent, which I think they'll do more of this week than they did against Western Michigan. Uh, Going around the Pitternet as well uh, into the Pitt side of things here now, Vince. Shady McCoy, actually, right before we uh, started recording today, it was announced that he's going to be announcing formally his retirement from pro football for good uh and there i'm sure there will be some sort of formal announcement coming but that was kind of breaking right before we hit record today yeah uh shady mccoy uh one of our classmates alan um yeah just a you know you know one of the best running backs i've ever seen uh, but i'm not that old either um but uh, one of the best and i you know i i can make an argument for him to be in, in be in the hall of fame i could uh, I would put a plaque of him in the Cathedral of Learning for all of the great work he did in the classroom whenever I was in class with him. He's a jam-up guy. Um, but, you know, I also went to – I've been to, in classes with Shady McCoy and Keyshawn Camp. You know, so I, I, I know I know the wide range of <laughs> student athletes Pitt can recruit. Shady McCoy, though, one of the top-notch uh, players we ever got to see as Pitt fans, at least in our age group. Obviously, the old timers would be like, ah, he's no Tony Dorsett. <laughs> and uh, duh, that guy won the Heisman. But Shady is for people of our generation in that same vein, obviously not as ridiculous and, you know, uh, uh, elite, but a very high quality well, and entertaining player oh that my I goodness. was privileged to watch. I mean, you know, the moves he would put on people were just just unreal and, and and i will say this uh you talked about heisman trophies alan um you know in that 2009 season the the year after he left and Dion lewis i believe he put up 
like around 1,800 yards or so that season, uh, running behind you know what was you know probably Pitt's best offensive line and you know you know since the, the early 80s for sure. Um, if LaShawn McCoy had stayed another year and ran behind that offensive line, he would have put up probably you know well over 2,000 yards rushing and he would have been in a Heisman Trophy conversation. I'll tell you that right now. I was, I'm with you on that for sure. Went on to the NFL, had a, a you know pretty solid career. If you're looking to be a running back, play that damn long. If you're playing through a decade in, in the NFL these days as a running back, you did it, man. So I'm interested to see where Shady goes next. Maybe as a guest on this podcast, or at least that Bill Stoll, uh, Doran Dickerson Oh uh, yeah, that would be I nice. don't know. I mean, and if you look at, uh, you know, if you look at, um, you know, all time, you know, rushing leaders, I mean, he's in the top 25 all time in the NFL. Uh, that's nothing to, you know, nothing to sneeze at. Hell no. And uh, we'll see what Pitt does to maybe honor him uh, one day on the oh, field sure or so. Waves at the crowd. Yes. Hopefully it, it, before, maybe before the West Virginia game next year. Yeah, that would be a nice time. Socks are hot. 202 on Reddit to wrap up our Pitternet segment here. Vince, socks are hot. 202 on the Pit Panther Reddit said, GT hasn't let up more than 22 points this season, including against Clemson. May need the defense to show up this week if we want to win. Can can Pitt win this game if the defense gives up 40 points? Yeah, they they could. Uh, it'll be it'll be a close game. I won't be feeling great about it, but uh, but they they definitely could. I I think I look at the socks are hot 202 quote, and you know normally I'd agree with this, but for this year's Pitt Panthers. Are we seeing a team that could doesn't need a defense at all to win? Like can, no, no. I mean they're not going to have a great record if they don't play defense, but I think offensively yeah. that protection is there for the passing game. If they're not forced to run the ball, they can almost play with anybody. There will be I'm starting to there, think there will be games where you know the passing offense is not clicking like it has you know, the first four games of the season. There will be games like that. There's probably going to be more than one. It may be this week. Uh, and, and Pitt is going to need to be able to run the ball and play some defense in order to come out of those games with a win. You would think, but then you look at what Pitt's done so far. I don't know math well, Vince. You've tutored me in the past, but did the 77 points they put up up their average to over 50 per game yet? Are they around... 50 points per game oh, I, yeah because yeah, of that they are that's i mean this is a team putting 50 up per game obviously they played two fcs's but still even in their loss they scored over 40 i feel like Pitt is going to be in some entertaining acc games and this is going to be the first of them i'm just so damn excited just because of that and really it last week's show what vince said about the offense it woke me up to realize like this might be a special year that we don't normally see from the Pitt Panthers in terms of the style that they play and the kinds of games they're in all season long. So strap the hell in, baby. And uh, at H2P shows where you could hit us up on social media. That was all the good stuff from the Internet we found this week. And uh, we're always looking out for what you're talking when you're hashtag H2Ping. So uh, maybe you'll make it onto the show once in that segment throughout the season. What do you say, though, we go back to real life now, Vince, and go into the town of Pittsburgh where a 77-point win is something that's going to get people talking. I mean, whether it's at, uh, you know, pierogi festivals or, uh, you know, down the corner uh, outside of a giant eagle uh, while someone's crossing the street and they see someone wearing a picture, they say, 77! I saw someone yell that at someone this yeah, week. Yeah, they, they were. They were. Let's, let's, uh, let's listen. And they weren't talking about Paul Coffey. No, they weren't. Uh, or, or Marvell Smith, to be, on, to be honest. Uh, so let's, uh, let's listen in here. Another Saturday coming and the Panthers are playing. Time to find out what the answers are saying. 
Dude, you see that pit offense, bud? 77 points on anybody is damn impressive. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there's any defense in a whole country to stop them. I mean, that loss a couple weeks ago was probably one of them, you know, anomalies in that. Oh, oh yeah, no, not even a conference game. No, no harm, no foul. And you know, Narduzzi, they got them ready for them real games. Hail to pit. So that's what the Yinzers are saying. Uh, people, you know, like it or not, regardless of who the opponent was, very impressed by last week. Uh, people are back hyped up again uh, for this big battle uh, against the rambling wreck of Georgia Tech, Allen. But before we get to our final prediction, we got a lot of other big games around the country. We got to talk about a lot of top 25 matchups this week. Oh, college football. Don't you dare look at those spreads or look at the heads, the heads. I'm all about the over-unders the last two weeks. That's what I've been, at least betting-wise, Fitz. Last week had a very good, solid Saturday just doing overs and unders. And now I think this week I'm actually going to focus on matchups. I want to pick teams to win and lose. I stunk the first few weeks, but this week, I'm feeling good. I, I feel like my heart is always early on in the season. I'm picking way too much with my heart. Probably shouldn't have picked Penn State to beat Auburn a couple weeks ago. But this week, this week, I feel like I could go with my heart, go with what I know about these teams, and make some money, and either way, be very entertained. But first, we got to get to a Big 12 game, which is going to be the toughest to do, because I feel like I haven't watched any Big 12 football this season at all, unless you count, I think, week one when OU barely squeaked by Tulane. Baylor, Oklahoma State, two top 25 yeah, teams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Baylor, uh, both these teams are undefeated, too. Hard to believe. Uh, you know, Baylor knocking off uh, uh, Iowa State. Last week, Oklahoma State uh, handing Kansas State their first loss. Uh, Baylor, a three and a half point underdog here in Stillwater. Uh, Alan, I, you know, watching Baylor this year, I haven't been too impressed. I don't know how they're winning these games. I don't know how they beat Iowa State last week. Uh, Oklahoma State, they've impressed me a little bit more. Uh, I, I guess I'd lean with Oklahoma State here. Uh, more of a play against Baylor, if anything. So, I, I mean, this is, what's this, a three and a half point? And, oh man, I, I I mean, because I'm so in the dark about teams outside of Oklahoma and really Texas, then they're not even Big 12 teams anymore pretty soon uh, this season. Uh, I'm, I'm going to lean uh, into Oklahoma State this week. Um, but, I mean, Baylor's got, they've done some impressive things early on in the season, and, and I respect Dave Aranda. Yeah. But I don't feel like this is like one of those major turnarounds where he's going to make uh, Baylor a contender until Texas and uh, OU leave the the conference. So I'm with you on Oklahoma State. Yeah. Uh, next game here, Alan. This is, this is a, a big noon kickoff. Uh, the number eight Arkansas Razorbacks getting 18 and a half on the road uh, between the hedges uh, against the number two Georgia Bulldogs. This is this this team. Have you been more hyped on a team? Uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks I'm talking about since I'm going to say that wasn't Pitt since the Arkansas Razorbacks of 2006. <laughs> was, that the, I, was that the last time? You no, were I'm the, actually more hyped. This, up, all about a team. No, right? I'm more hyped about Ole Miss, to be honest. Uh, but I do like this Arkansas oh, yeah, team. Yeah. Uh, they're about Matt Corral a lot. Arkansas, they're they're banged up, Alan. Uh, they they are. Uh, yeah, their their quarterback KJ Jefferson. Uh, I, I suppose he's going to play in this game. Uh, but he, you know, he is he is he is hurting a little bit. Uh, I think he's going to have to be a hundred percent. Uh, for them to win the, win this ball game. Uh, you know, Georgia they could win this game like twenty to nothing. Uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen here. Georgia's defense is just so good. Uh, it's hard to count out Sam Pittman, though, and those hogs in an underdog role. Uh, this is a this is a big number here, 18 and a half. Um, but 
I, I am. You know, I I hate to say it, but I think I am going to pick the Bulldogs. What about the eighteen against the a team coached by Pitbull Pittman? <laughs> Which you're gonna? You think the eighteen could actually be laid down as well? Twenty nothing. You like that? I, I think that's yeah. That's what I think is going to happen. I hate to say it though. Yeah, that's. Is this the? Uh, this is a big noon. So this isn't on CBS. No, no. This is a. This is an ESPN this is, uh, twelve o'clock game. And not in an unfair environment with Jerry Jones uh, funding everything. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you in Georgia as well. Then I like I, I like it actually, but I like I like them by 17. I think Arkansas could cover. No, okay. Well, maybe if you keep shopping around, you might be able to find that number. I, I mean, if this was, you know, if this was in Arkansas. Or if Arkansas w- was a little bit more healthy, I- I'd be more inclined to be on them. Uh, but it- it's it's it's, it's going to be tough sledding here. It-, it wouldn't surprise me if they pulled it off, but I but I, I got to stick with the Bulldogs. If there was an eight, if it was an eight team playoff, would you say Arkansas has a chance at getting to the playoff to make it to make it to a, to make to it? an eight team playoff? Uh, they have a chance, but I think it'd be very unlikely. Like it, they would, they need to beat. They still have to play, you know. After this game, they still have to play Alabama, Ole Miss, LSU. Uh, that's that's a lot of big games. I mean, I feel like they're gonna. I mean, they could easily finish with three losses. Would they make it into the top eight with three losses? I, probably, I bet they'll have the eighth team be a three-loss team in the future when we get to Ooh, uh, the. The eighteen playoff, you don't think? Uh, I don't know. It's I. I don't think so. I'm more. I'm. I don't even care about who wins this game. The question is, how many tackles will Bumper Pool have for Arkansas? Gee, <laughs> oh, probably a hundred. <laughs> the best name in college football this season, and also just an ass kicker of a linebacker. Watch Arkansas for. I'd say their coach. And then stick stick around for bumper pool. And if KJ Jefferson's playing, <laughs> there's a there's the cherry on top. There he, you go. Fun he, team. He, bumper pool. He he was the one that was carrying off that Southwest Conference uh, uh, trophy last week. He was carrying it off the field. He bumper is pool. the man, and he's making Arkansas must watch for the first time since Darren McFadden. So there you have it. Big new kickoff, Georgia. And Arkansas, where are we going to next, Vince? Are we going to take this thing to uh, to the Brian Kelly Bowl? Yeah, yeah. No, number seven, Cincinnati, uh, a, a two or a one and a half point favorite uh, in South Bend against uh, number nine, Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Uh, Notre, Notre Dame is just not that good. They're, they're uh, just not. Uh, Cincinnati should should be able to win this game. I, I can't believe Notre Dame keeps squeaking out of these wins. Oh, uh, man. You know, they should. Last, There's something last about year, week, Last week, uh, you know, they're losing going into the fourth quarter, and then Wisconsin just hands them, you know, interceptions returned for touchdowns <laughs> multiple times. Like, what was that? How did that? I mean, it was it was thirteen to ten, and then they they won forty one to seventeen or something like that. It's I don't 41, know. Forty one thirteen with an injured quarterback, Jack Cohn, uh, just the most yeah. boring player in all of college football. Um, is is banged up, um, but there's some about Notre Dame not just winning games against you know teams that they're evenly matched up against, or maybe just even slightly not as good. Um, they're they're going to win. I feel like this season. Not to say that they're a playoff team by any stretch. I just like betting on them, and I like picking them I, this season. I've got them beating uh, Cincinnati this week. Um, do you really? I do. I've got them outright underdog winner. Give me that all day. I like them. They're home. They're home. They're on the network that we're. I mean, talk about playing against the referees. Good luck, Ritter. Good luck. Oh yeah, De- uh, Desmond Ritter. <laughs> that, no that relation to there, the, no know. relation to the junkyard dog. By the way, I looked that up. Desmond Ritter. So uh, he's a good player, but I don't think good enough to win in that atmosphere. One thing I will say about Cincinnati is, you know, when the schedule came out, you know, and and Cincinnati, you know, they're a preseason, you know, one of the top teams. You know, they felt that they probably. 
you know, should have been getting more of a sniff at the playoff last year. You know, this is the one game that they have circled on their schedule. You know, I know there's going to be some tough conference games that they're going to have. No doubt about that. But this is the one game that they have circled. This is the one game nationally televised NBC against Notre Dame where they could come out and really, you know, put on a show and show that they deserve to be in that uh, playoff picture. They got to win this game and they may need to do it impressively if they're going to you know, make a claim for that. So I think they're going to really lay it all out on the line this game. Uh, to try to win it. Oh, absolutely! This is a big game for them. Uh, if they win, I could—I mean, it can happen. This is a nearly even game. I'm picking Notre Dame, but if they do, guarantee it. Mark my words, Vince. They lose to Tulane later down the road. That's my prediction for that. There's how their season I, I, goes. I, I, I think they they're going to lose to SMU. <laughs> yeah, you're always picking SMU though. Just like you're always picking <laughs> Ole Miss now. Got Matt, uh, Matt Corral texting me every day. All season long, next Steeler quarterback, uh, you know, the, you're oh. all about him. And now here he is getting his shot against Alabama. Ole Miss and SMU are two of my favorite teams. Just just tons of passing offense and cheating. You don't, you don't get much better than that. That's what it's all about. Uh, but, but Ole Miss. That's what it used to be. Ole about. Miss. Ole Miss, uh, 14 and a half point uh, underdog. At number one, Alabama. You know, I mean, I want to pick Ole Miss in this game, but it's tough to make money betting against Alabama, Allen. It is. And also, uh, the offenses are coming into this just ridiculous. Uh, You know, Pitt's offense is rated higher than both of these offenses, just so you know. Uh, Oh, yeah, I'm aware. And and, and Alabama. But um, they're both really good. They're both really good. The, the one thing is that one of these offenses uh, plays with a defense that actually tries to stop other teams, and the other one's just trying to get the ball back quicker so their defense lets more teams <laughs> score. Yeah. And that's not yeah. that's not a strategy against Alabama. <laughs> Even in the, the heyday when Ole Miss would be the team to thwart an undefeated Alabama season, uh, you know, just, you know, seven, ten years ago, in the Hugh Freeze days, they at least would, you know, shark up some defense. That's not happening here. Alabama will demolish Ole Miss in this game. I'm calling a three-touchdown victory, Vince. It might be uglier than that because who maybe Alabama's defense steps up big in this and just totally shuts down Matt Corral. I could see that happening, too. Oh, I, I mean, I guess it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, Nick Saban, he has a, what, against former assistant coaches, he's got a very, very good record. Um, it, it, I want, I really want to pick Ole Miss. It's, it's just so difficult to, but I, I think I will anyway, though. <laughs> Go ahead. What do you have to lose? Why not? <laughs> and next week, you, you'll yeah. be the genius. Not happening, though. Uh, Alabama Ole Miss, though, always fun. And uh, as Steeler fans, I guess we got to keep an eye on Matt Corral. I, I think we do right now. Although I'll be keeping an eye on another quarterback I think might be better suited for what they're doing in Pittsburgh in the pros. That's going to be the quarterback for the Pitt Panthers taking on Georgia Tech. Kenny yep. Pickett, three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Kenny Pickett He's got sneaky legs, some people say. He's got a devil-may-care attitude, diving against teams he shouldn't be diving against for first downs because he just wants that extra yard so bad. He is, some would say, a football player, and he's going to have to play some good football against Georgia Tech, a team that's out for blood against the Pitt Panthers because of their coach, Pat Narduzzi, and his personal uh, issues with their coach. Yeah, yeah, and and I guess before I give my prediction here, I'm going to say that first of all that I acknowledge Georgia Tech. Okay, this, this is not going to be an easy game whatsoever. This is this is going to be a dogfight for sure. Uh, but I do like the Panthers to come out on on top in this game. I think there's going to be a lot of tests in this game, and I think at the end Pitt's going to come out ahead in this one. I'm going to go Pitt. 34 to 30. Geoff Collins has been waiting for this. 
has been waiting to have offensive players that he could actually utilize in, in a scheme that wasn't what was left over from a failed option team run by Paul Johnson. Now this is his actual Georgia Tech team, I think, uh, for the first time fully. And uh, also last year's loss just did not sit well with them. I predicted this was a loss preseason, knowing all that going into it, knowing that Georgia Tech was going to be on one, uh, knowing that Pitt's uh, you know, track record in, uh, in certain types of scenarios wasn't great. Uh, and after seeing what we saw non-conference now, Seeing what we saw last week from Georgia Tech, I could not have been happier as a Pitt fan to see them beat North Carolina. Vince, that's what I've been holding off all show. <laughs> they they had their high. That was such a big win for them. They sure they played to Clemson tough, and everybody said, "Okay, now watch out for Georgia Tech." But they're going to have their letdown, and I think it's this week against the Pitt Panthers. Yeah. But yep. it's going to be a different style of game that I could have ever imagined. Now knowing what we know few weeks in or four weeks in i'm gonna say pitt wins 45 42 this is gonna leave me with no nails because i'm gonna bite them all the way down it is gonna be a thriller down in atlanta yeah yeah i'm i'm with you al i mean we i think starting off hot in this game is going to be just so critical uh to let georgia tech know that hey you guys you guys aren't that good you know, you know, just stop it with all this nonsense. Yeah, and I, I don't see. I could see Pitt running well in this game, but not in terms of clock management. I could see them having some 65, 70 yard run touchdowns. Uh, Izzy Abanaconda oh, having his br- breakout. Yeah, but it's still going to be tough to stop them from scoring. Tough to stop that atmosphere, and also. Uh, Tough to control clock in this game because Pitt just hasn't proven they can do it mm-hmm. against the team uh, of this caliber. So uh, we're we're gonna have to right. see a different style out of Pitt for that to happen. I just don't know how that happens. Yeah, well, outside of that, you know, those last five minutes against Tennessee when when you know, Pitt just ran the clock out on them, uh, you know, that was impressive. But other than that, we really haven't seen it so far this season. But we got to see it this Saturday. Let's hope. I'm, I would love a boring 10-3 to 3 win. That would be great. I'd be so happy with that, Vince. <laughs> I just don't know if that's uh, possible. Uh, real quick, before we get out of here, volleyball number two in the country, Vince, moving up. You got Pitt soccer kicking ass, Pitt volleyball kicking ass. Uh, hopefully Pitt football and coastal action will be kicking ass. Feels good to hail to Pitt these days when your sports – top to bottom are very high quality of course we have basketball on the horizon nothing great to talk about for them just yet but we do have some exciting scheduling matters that were announced right we've got a big west virginia primetime game that was announced on a friday night that will be coming up in just a little bit yeah yeah some some big uh some big non-conference games uh for the panthers and basketball you said west virginia i believe we're playing st john's at the garden allen uh, so th- there's some big games there. You know, that's a and, conference uh, game as far as I'm concerned. Basketball we're going to be talking about. Like... <laughs> Maybe it's a big East tournament game as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but uh, but like you said, yeah, volleyball, uh, number two in the country, just beating up on everybody. Love to see it. Hell yeah. Bump, set, spike, baby. And of course, hell to pit. And uh, real quick. Kodiak the Eagle is still mi- still missing. Was this something we discussed on the show last week, or was this off air? You and I talking about that Eagle that you saw walking around the north side. Yeah, this was this was uh, we didn't discuss it last week. I, I believe on like Friday uh, he, or Saturday morning he went missing from the aviary. Um, this is a sea eagle. This thing is enormous. I, I've seen it in person, um, and I don't know. I don't know what caused him to uh, escape the aviary, but he needs to be found and brought back home. Kodiak, if you're listening, please come home. Kodiak, please come home. And if you see an eagle uh, out in the wild uh, walking around town, uh, don't approach it. You got to call the aviary. Call the aviary. I mean, you got to be careful. Uh, if he if he wanted to watch the game, I'm sure that his, his you know, 
caretakers would have taken him to Heinz Field. He didn't need to fly away by himself just to go watch it, you know? Also, I feel like you could just get a ticket these days. It's not that hard. I mean, if you if you really if you want to go, you just ask some people. I'm <laughs> yeah. just more be more than happy to give up a ticket. A lot of the time is what I've found so far this season. But hope, thoughts, and prayers for Kodiak the Eagle, and of course, all the acknowledgement of our our sacred opponents, the Georgia Tech uh, Yellow Jackets, this weekend. We respect them, and we uh, we. Definitely admire and acknowledge them for all that they've done to improve their program. Can't have a Western Michigan scenario this weekend. Vince, got to respect your opponent first and foremost. Yep, that's going to be the most important thing. Number one. And then everything else will play out as it should. All right, everybody, that does it for this week's show. If you like the program and you want to tell your friends about it, we'd appreciate it. Let them know if they're a Pitt Panther fan that this is the podcast for them. Uh, we held a pit each and every single week on your favorite podcast platform. So subscribe, leave a review, and uh, never miss an episode. And of course, we're at H2P Show on social media if you want to reach us there. Vince, you have anything left for us before we go down to Atlanta? Uh, just wishing the best of luck to Kodiak and wishing the best of luck to the Panthers uh, this Saturday for a big noon kickoff, ACC Network. Coastal action. Who can out-coastal the other coastal team? Let's get them, Kenny. You can do it. Eighth-year senior quarterback against that angry coach of theirs. <laughs> with his, spelling his name with a G. Hey, you know, I respect it. It's, it's I'm not going to make fun of that sort of stuff on the show. I will acknowledge it, though. Acknowledging it is the most important thing. All right, everybody, that does it for this week. Vince, tell them. Hail to Pit. Hail to Pit, everybody. We will see you next week.